Welcome to Sweating the Details, brought to you by Nest Realty, where we discuss topics from design and data to branding and technology and everything in between that are affecting and influencing real estate and today's agents. I'm Keith Davis. I'm Jonathan Kaufman. And I'm Jim Duncan. And this is Sweating the Details. Thanks for joining us at Sweating the Details. In today's episode, we were able to catch up with Alyssa Hellman to discuss challenges that real estate agents are facing and what they need to do to focus on goal setting and planning their business. You'll hear her thoughts on three steps to a successful business and personal 2019 plan, mindset, planning, and execution. Alyssa Hellman is the founder of Compass South Consulting. She has had a deep journey through real estate, beginning her career in Northern Virginia as a realtor, and four years later being named to the prestigious Realtor Magazine 30 Under 30. She has been a sales manager for a large firm and has moved into small brokerage startups where she has helped run a real estate school and did training and mentoring. In 2017, Alyssa started Compass South Consulting, where she offers organizational consulting, small group and one-on-one coaching, and company training, among other things. We've been working with Alyssa at Nest Realty for about a year now, and she's brought phenomenal value and insight to our agents and our organization, and has helped our agents focus on the specifics of their business. You can find Alyssa at alyssahelman.com. So enjoy today's episode, and we hope you learn a bunch. Alyssa, thanks so much for taking time to join us today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. We wanted to wanted to get with you, and you've got tons of experience in in working with clients and agents, um, firms, and and smaller groups and teams. Um, really, to kind of talk to them about what they're doing with goals and and goal setting. And right now, we're kind of ending up uh, 2018 year, and lots of our agents and lots of other folk out there are looking towards uh, next year and plotting and planning on how they're going to spend their time and their assets. And just wanted to get with you and and see what you're hearing from. Uh, from your clients and from other people in the field, what's important for them this year and and where you're focusing your time? Yeah, I mean, I think the big kind of trend that we're seeing this year is focus because I think everybody has gone through years and years of setting goals and then they come to me or come to themselves in December and they say, I've got this, like I may have hit my production goal, but I've got all this whole long list of things that I wanted to implement this year, and I didn't do any of it. And I think this kind of vicious cycle that real estate agents are in, especially real estate agents, is, you know, we cannot focus. We have our attention being pulled in so many different directions that our ability to focus on implementing things that aren't driven by our income and by our revenue just falls off. I would say that I mean you know I definitely think that it's a it's a real estate agent uh, problem, but I also say that's a just a problem in general, right? With with all the noise and and technology and and information out there, it's and and you know Americans. I think that the number that I heard recently was that Americans send or, or and or receive over two hundred billion emails a day. So you know it's it's tough to focus with with getting pinged by texts and emails and all the noise and notifications on your phone. So. Um, I mean, it's definitely a, a realtor problem, but it's also a problem that, that all of us have is like, you know, I, I sometimes get home at the end of a work week on Friday night and sit down and my wife says, Hey, how was your week? And I say, geez, you know, this was one of those weeks where I feel like I didn't accomplish anything. So, I mean, what would you say would be kind of like a couple of things that you'd say to, to me or to somebody who has that problem? Yeah. So I, again, back to focus is, 
I think that you're right. It's not just a real estate problem. It's a human problem. I mean, between cell phones and computers and Facebook and how much face-to-face time we get with people, we live in what I call now an attention economy. And the person that wins is the person that can garner your attention. And I think so often we're focused on these big goals and these big things that we want to accomplish and we forget to focus on ourselves. And so I'm really a big fan of trying to carve out the time for the things that no one is going to ask me about. And so put more simply, those are the important but not urgent tasks. So the things like, you know, working out or starting a blog or starting a video series or whatever that may be, you know, your transactional stuff, people are going to hold you accountable because they have to. It's it's going to happen whether you find time for it or not. And the other stuff, unfortunately, just continues to get pushed aside unless you're willing to carve out that time for it. Well, and I've, I've heard you say, you know, many times that, that one of the unfortunate parts of, of where our kind of relationship with technology has taken us um, is that most of us, many of us frequently reach for a phone before we even, you know, touch or kiss our partner in the morning. And I think, you know, to that I would ask, you know, where do you, you know, how do you coach people in terms of putting priorities, um, you know, that are non-professional into that focus? Yeah, so I think the key is you have to set your environment up for success. And so I'm a really big fan of, you know, when I originally said that to you, I was still sleeping with my cell phone next to my bed. And I've since moved my cell phone out of my bedroom. And really, just as I was saying with us in an attention economy, I mean, we are addicted to our phones and to social media and the distraction. And that's part of why we're picking up our phones before we're kissing our partner in the morning. And so the key is you have to be willing to eliminate those distractions. I mean, if you think of it like any other form of addiction, you know, a a gambling addict isn't sleeping with a slot machine next to their bed if they're trying to quit. And so for you to sleep with a cell phone next to your bed if you're trying to remove those distractions seems just as crazy. And so I think the tough part about it is, you have to push yourself to make those decisions because no one's really going to hold you accountable except maybe, you know, your partner or your kids or something like that on how much you're on your phone. That has to be a decision that we make internally of I need to put this down because these goals are important enough that I carve out the time for them. You know, Alyssa, one thing that talking about the attention economy or one tip that I would give to people that I uh, actually two tips would be one for your cell phone, turn off as many notifications as you possibly can. Um, it, it, you know, I did that earlier this year, no, late, late 2017. And it made a huge difference in how I interact with my phone. I mean, I don't get, you know, tweet notifications or actually the only things I have are email and text. Uh, and that's really and phone, but who uses the phone anymore? But, you know, I think that it's really a critical way to, to interact with your phone um, and the second thing I think is, is I've started wearing an analog watch be, because I find that if I want to know what time it is, it's, it takes me half a second to look at my watch. And if it take, if I look at my phone for, for see what time it is, it takes me like 27 minutes to see that it was, you know, 15 minutes ago. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the key about it is, is like the phone is sort of our kryptonite of, you know, if you hear that phone ding, even if it's face down on the table, 
I mean, it takes some willpower to not pick it up and look at, you know, what is the notification. And you're right. I mean, eliminating notifications to a large extent can be really helpful. But the fact of the matter is, you know, just email and, and text messages could be distraction enough. I mean, I always say your email inbox is a to-do list that someone else is creating for you. And so one of the things I'm really big on is when you're creating your environment and setting it up for success, you have to let, like, shut yourself out from the outside world. I so mean, all of the things of, like, being in the office where people are going to say, got a minute? No, you don't have a minute because these things are important. And so, I mean, it's completely fair to say to somebody, I don't right now, but I will in about 20 minutes. Because so, no, I listen, think that I, focused work is, is really helpful. So a, a question for you. So with, with, the, with customers and clients' expectations of if they send you an email and they, they need a response in the next you know, three minutes when they really need a response in the next 20 or 30 minutes, how do you guide and coach agents to, to deal with that and to, to not check their email incessantly and, and, and set the expectation that they're going to respond in 37 seconds? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the thing is we sort of have – there's this theory called Cape Theory. And Cape Theory is we want to be heroes. Like all of us want to be a little bit self-important and, and heroic in our daily lives. And our ability to respond positions us well to do that. But the reality is you, you can wake up each morning and with pretty, a pretty high degree of certainty know who's going to need your attention that day. Now, yes, absolutely things come up, but in terms of an immediate response, I mean, you know if you've got somebody whose contingency deadline is coming up and you're going to need to respond more quickly, or you know if you have somebody that, you know, their contingencies aren't up for two weeks, you have zero update for them, like, you can set up these times and prep your clients in that way. And so I'm a big fan of, of almost over-communicating these deadlines. And also setting a schedule for your clients is really, really important. And I don't just mean, you know, setting, setting boundaries. I mean truly setting a schedule, setting out a day each week that you say, no matter what the update is, I'm going to provide you a weekly update on where we stand on your contract or on, on your transaction. And no matter what, you will hear from me that day, even if it is I've got nothing to update you on. Um, and I think just that, that constant flow of communication is really what most clients are looking for. I know from experience it's hard to call a client and say, I don't have any update for you. What, what's your recommendation to an agent in that case where you know I've got a listing? You know, and, and I think admittedly the market's turning a little bit, so this is probably going to become more prevalent in the coming months and, uh, and, and possibly into 2019. But, you know, if, if you have a listing and you're just not getting any showings on it and you've had the conversation about price, what's your recommendation for how that call goes to the, to the seller who is obviously anxious and wants to sell their house, but you've got no updates? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's interesting. We oftentimes will say we've got no updates, and I realize those are words even out of my mouth. But the key is, you always should have some form or fashion of an update. So you may not have gotten any showings. There may not be any more interest on this house. But even if you've pushed their home on social media, and that's where you need to be uh, really conscious about your actions on a daily basis. And I feel like if you say, I'm going to reach out to all of my sellers on Friday, 
it also helps you with your marketing where you're saying, I'm going to go ahead and schedule something on Thursday to go ahead and push their house out so that even if I've got no updates whatsoever, I can let them know, hey, I'm still working on your house. Or I called, you know, this amount of agents to reach out and kind of get their opinion on the house. All of those things. Because I, you're right, sellers look for tangible results like showings, offers, sales, all of those things. But a key part of our role is this marketing and our efforts to expose their house to a wider audience. What, you know, as you're looking at agents, you know, within Nest and without and, you know, across the country, are there any common goals that you're seeing that is sort of a trend aside from the, aside from the focus part? Is there anything like one or two things that you're seeing that agents are choosing to plan to do in 2019? Hmm. Um, so everybody's normally planning to get back into shape. Um, <laughs> that, that tends to be a pretty common one that we see across the board, but in terms of professionally, I don't really see a ton of everybody's looking at the same thing with the exception of video. And um, when I say with the exception of video, it varies pretty widely about what people want to do. So some people are trying to do more of like a vlog series. Some people are trying to be on Facebook Live more. Some people are trying to do client videos. But what I see with that is a huge trend that – People are trying to get their face in front of people more often rather than just picking up the phone. And I think that goes back to these handy-dandy gadgets in our hand of, you know, our phones have this video capability. There's no reason why you need to hide behind the screen and send a text message or an email when you just as easily could send a video and, you know, clients are seeing you out there working, doing these things. And it's something as simple as, like, a lot of the time we think about, do we have enough content for these videos? I mean, it could be you putting a sign in the ground or you swinging by and, and recording a video in front of the house before an open house. I mean, it doesn't have to be these long movies. It can just be a quick, hey, I'm out here at my listing at 123 Elm Street. We're going to be having an open house this Saturday. We'd love to see you come on by from 1 to 3. Um, and that's the stuff, as, as kind of going back to the last question, too, that you can then update them on in your weekly email. Sure. And, and I think, you know, Alyssa, when you're talking about the video, it just makes me also kind of realize the, the variety of goal setting that's going on, whether it's just professional production goals or whether it's the type of work that you're doing or whether it's the personal time set. And I think, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you, you know, how you coach people to to look at and break down the different types of goals that they want to have and what percentage of that would be going into, you know, what part of their vision is, is professional versus personal versus how you do that or, or you, or are you trying to break things down into really tiny pieces or, or the large stones that you want people to look at to start with? How do you kind of guide people on that front? Yeah. I mean, it's always funny when we talk about goals because I think, you know, everybody has has heard this, you know, pounding of the drum for years of you've got to have goals, you've got to have dreams, you've got to have some destination in mind in order to achieve it. And I, I totally agree with that. I think goals are important. But, you know, you could come to me on January 1st with a list of your goals and it's not really going to do much of anything for you unless you have that plan of action to accomplish those goals. And that's where so many of us struggle and where I'm able to help a whole lot of people because a lot of us will say, okay, 
I want to say, I want to make $100,000 next year or whatever it may be. And then I'll say, okay, how are you going to do it? And that's where all of us pause is we don't get the listings or we don't have the buyers and we say, how am I going to get more clients? And you see a bunch of people pouring money into online leads, which is certainly to each his own, absolutely a strategy that you can utilize. But you also see, you know, agents need to be able to answer that question because you need to know where your sales are coming from. You need to know how you can get more sales. You need to have an idea of how you can make that growth happen. And so that's where the the planning part of it comes. And so I normally will go through the process, and I, I always call this the four-year-old approach because it truly is like a four-year-old. Of somebody comes into my office and says, Alyssa, I want to make $100,000 next year. I say, great, how are we going to do it? And they they start with what I call their trigger action, and their trigger action is like the first thing they need to do. So maybe it's pick up the phone call, or maybe it's that picking up the phone is actually not normally the first thing. It's normally make a list of potential people you can call, make an exhaustive list. And that's tough to do, and it's something that most agents never do. And so the, once they have that list, you literally operate just like a four-year-old would and say, what's next? What's next? What's next? It's almost like, are you there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And you do that literally until you have solved the problem. And breaking down these big goals, it's daunting. It's daunting to say, you know, I want to do 24 transactions next year. I even want to do 100 transactions next year. Like that first one is the is the hardest, and so so many people just freeze when I when we say where do we start. So what are those? You know, if 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 I'm an agent or or you know a broker or, or really anybody in any industry, and I'm and I'm looking at at growing my business into 29, what are the steps that that you'd recommend to take in terms of you know putting the plan in motion to be able to accomplish those goals? Like, what's the first step that you you know you wake up in the morning and say, all right, what do, what do I need to do? What's your recommendation for for that for that process? Sure. So if you're thinking about it in terms of like a year. Um, I normally operate on a rule of five. And the reason why I normally operate on a rule of five is it's really easy to make those goals and then ignore them until the fourth quarter. And so what you'll find if you talk to a lot of agents that haven't achieved their goals yet for for 2018 is they're sitting here scrambling and saying, I need to do this many transactions by basically by next week in order to get it closed in 2018. And so they're they're scrambling because they've spent all year saying, I'll do that later. I'll get around to that. And so I like operating on this rule of five because that allows you to essentially set a quarterly goal. So you shorten that time frame. And that is all based off of something that is called Parkinson's Law. And Parkinson's Law is the theory that you will use however much you are given, whether that be time, energy, money, it doesn't really matter. If you are given a set amount of something, you will use however much of it you are given. Um, and, and agents do this. is we, we use all year to accomplish a goal, and then we never get the video series out, or we never start the blog. And so instead, when you have 12 weeks to do it, and you break it down quarterly, you, you are very, very intentional about what your next action is going to be. 
And all of your actions are focused on how am I moving the dial forward today? And so the the reason, and most of you are probably sitting here saying, Alyssa, there's four quarters in a year, and you just said five goals. You're right, I did. Because the other thing that we do is when we are intentional about our actions, oftentimes things don't take as long as we think they will. And so normally what ends up happening is that goal that you gave yourself 12 weeks to accomplish you accomplish in eight. And then the worst thing you could do is just stop doing for four weeks until you get to when you're supposed to start your next goal. So instead, we have a fifth kind of flex goal that I talked about that you can you can kind of slot in when you've got that extra time. Or if you finish all of your goals early, you can slot in and and start working on that fifth goal. And my attitude is, If you accomplish four or five big things in one year, that's a great year because most of us are ending the year hitting our production goal, maybe, and not hitting any of our other goals. We're not making forward progress on any of the other stuff that we do. Well, I think that um, that's it's kind of kind of daunting to look at having five five goals in four quarters, but I think that if you pick. Two or three, and then work on the four and five. I think it's just a matter of baby steps to get everything done. Um, but Jonathan had one. Jonathan had one, had one one question for you. The uh, the sweating thing. Um, what was that, Jonathan? That was. Yeah. So here's here's a question for you. So um, you know, specifically, you know, maybe maybe talking about this specifically for realtors, since since uh, since you're obviously in the coaching industry for real estate professionals, but. What's that one thing or the one detail that you would tell a realtor to sweat um, to really focus on in uh, in, to, in you know in, in today's world? Yeah, I mean, I think the go-to answer for me is always they should sweat themselves. <laughs> um, and I know that that seems kind of um, really simple and like they're probably focusing on our, on themselves, but. Real estate agents aren't focusing on themselves. I mean, in a real estate transaction, you can get pulled in nine million directions in the span of a day, and your attention is being grabbed places, you're being pulled in different directions, and the reality is, without you, it can't happen. You're not going to achieve any of these goals unless your health is in order, or you are getting the things that you need, or you feel fulfilled personally, and like you're spending enough time with your family, and all of those things that we tend to put by the wayside and say, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that when there's time. And then all of a sudden, you know, 10 years pass by and we think, man, I really wish I would have focused on that. So I would say we absolutely have to pour into ourselves the same way we're willing to pour into others. And I think we kind of before I let you guys go on that, I think we we tend to be afraid to do that because we're afraid to pull away from everybody else to pour into ourselves because we think people will have a problem with it. But the reality is every agent that I see and work with that takes the time for themselves and focuses on things that are really important to them, not just in their business, those are the ones that are the most successful. Those are the ones that are thriving. You watch their business grow. You see that their clients have an immense respect for them. And I think that's something that, you know, we need to not be as fearful of this and just do it because it's so, so important for us. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's, um, I think that we were talking about before that we started recording, you know, ha- having, having that one anchor 
in your, you know, one or two anchors in, in your life that's going to be outside the real estate practice that's going to make you, you know, a better and happier person uh, is critical. Um, I mean, I think that we're right about at our time. Is that fair? And uh, I think that we'll uh, say thank you so much for taking the time on whatever day this is. And uh, hey, look, it's sometime, it's someday during the week. Uh, so we'll say thanks, Alyssa, for, for making the time to, to chat with us about a little bit of real estate and goals and, and goal setting for 2019. Hey, I had a blast. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, Alyssa. Thanks, guys. We just want to say thanks to Alyssa for joining us today. And thanks to everybody for listening. Talk to you next time.